All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back. Wednesday edition of the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, presented as always by PlayAlberta.ca. Also, uh, thanks to everyone uh, Watching on uh, Orders Nation YouTube, uh, the chat line there, people are fired up. The text line is humming in at 833-401-1440. We love the passion of the sports fans in this market. It's great. That's why we came back. We love it. It's uh, exciting. We'll get uh, lots more uh, hockey talk. We've got Mike Rupp coming up, uh, Speck, uh, Nick Alberga will join us. Also, uh, Josh Lundberg's coming up in the uh, 4 o'clock hours. The Toronto Raptors tip off their NBA season. Uh, Triple-double last night by the Joker. Shocking. Shocking that the Joker had a triple. I wonder how many he could get this year. Like, like it, he could really realistically get eighty-two, and I don't think anybody would be surprised by it. That guy is—he's a, a hell of a player. Hell of a player. Uh, let's get to who is it Wednesday? Brought to you by Action Electrical. Family-run business. They celebrated fifty years, and they continue to grow and evolve. And of course, uh, solar has become a huge part. It's a huge savings. Uh, you got a $5,600 grant you can use. Maybe you don't know how to access it. Well, go to actionelectrical.net, reach out to them. They can help you set it up. They'll give you a quote and also tell you how you can get the money to save so you can start saving even more money by getting that on your home. A solar panel from Action Electrical. And uh, our guest today in Who Is It? He, he of course, uh, went to Idaho, played for the Vandals. Uh, Seattle, born and raised. He uh, won a great cup championship with the uh, Elks, uh, then Eskimos. Uh, also played in the uh, NFL and is just uh, currently uh, recovering from an injury, hoping to uh, get back next season. We welcome uh, into the Sports 1440 studio, Aaron Grimes. Aaron, how are you, my man? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Staying warm, so I can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're a Seattle guy. Yeah. And uh, now you reside full-time in Edmonton. 
Uh, how's the uh, how's the transition going? It's gone great so far. Um, I can't complain at all. I love it here. Obviously, I, I chose it, so I can't complain too much. Uh, the family's doing good, so it's going good. Now, why the choice to to stay in Edmonton? Uh, honestly, I was just listening to you talk about the sports fans in Edmonton and and how it makes the city great. And I've had a great experience since being here since 2013. Um, the city's embraced me. They've embraced my family. Uh, I've had. I love it here. I love it here. This is my second home. Yeah, well, it's funny because it's kind of like your third tour, third tour of duty with the uh, the green and gold. You, you came in here your first year, and that your first year is also when you won the Grey Cup. Uh, kind of. So let's go back and in, in, in who are we'd like to talk a little bit about kind of the journey and, and maybe some stories that the people haven't heard about the the guys that they've seen playing for as long as you have uh, in the green and gold. So let's go back to to the young Aaron Grimes. Uh, when did you get involved in football? Were you playing Pop Warner right away? Yeah, I started. So I started playing football when I was eight years old for the SWAT Cougars in Seattle, Washington. Um, a lot of my friends were playing. I was baseball first when I was six. Got into football because a lot of my friends were playing it. Um, it was a way for my parents to keep us active, keep us out of trouble. Um, and my love for the sport took off from there. Now, um, at a young age, I'm assuming you played both offense and defense? I was a quarterback when I was younger. I thought I was going to be a quarterback growing up. That obviously didn't work out for <laughs> me, though. When did it change? When did you realize, you know what, I don't think I can be a QB? Once I got to high school. I got to high school, and they told me I couldn't play defense. You either can play quarterback or you can play defense, and I like to run around and hit people. So uh, so you actually gave up being a quarterback because you like defense more. Yeah, but I think it worked out. I think it might have yeah, been the yeah. right choice. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very true, right? Like, and, you know, not, you know, it's it's tough, uh, especially if you're, you know, being an American guy, you're looking at, uh, uh, you know, to be a quarterback in, in the uh, American system, at least when you were growing up, you know, there's a lot of pocket passers, right? A lot of six foot four type of guys. So, you know, maybe that wasn't, uh, wasn't going to be in your future. I didn't fit the mold. And obviously my coaches must have found that too. They're like, ah. Let's throw this excuse out there. You can't play defense if you. So they got me out of quarterback easy. So you, you played now. The running joke for a lot of receivers will tell me is you know the the, D, the guys who can't catch go play DB, right? <laughs> How are your hands? My hands are fine. I, I can catch. Uh, I will say when I played receiver, maybe I caught. I practiced catching more often, right? So it was more natural. Okay. And the quarterback's throwing you the ball, yeah. so you see it from a different angle. Um, but I, I definitely can. I got some interceptions in my career, so I, I mean, I can catch that football. You mentioned baseball, so you played it first, but you just gravitated like football. Was that the one sport you loved, or did you have other sports you loved? I loved. I mean, I love all sports. So I played baseball, um, basketball, and football. But uh, my freshman year of high school, I actually played baseball and football. And I remember after my freshman year, my running back coach talking to me about playing football. Um, post high school, so going to college. And he said, I think you have a real shot at playing collegiate football. You should run track and work on your speed. I know you okay. love baseball. It's your first sport. Um, but I think that you got a legit shot doing this football thing. So you should run track next year. And uh, I went home. I told my dad. He got me into baseball. We're a baseball family, naturally. Okay. He played baseball and coached it growing up. Um, told my dad I was going to quit baseball, and he was devastated. <laughs> like, there's no way. What do you mean? But he did tell me. If you're going to quit one thing, you'll pick up another. So, yeah, yeah you'll do track because you're not going to come home and just sit on the couch. And uh, so I decided to run track, and it worked. again, it worked out. So so how would you say track helped you as a football player? Just with uh, speed, right? That straight line speed, being able to as a, cover as a DB, run as a receiver, uh, things like that. And, and when coaches are scouting you to go to college, 
one of the first things they look at, even at the combine to go pro, right? They want to see how fast you are. Mm-hmm. You know, what's, what's his 40 time? What's his broad jump? How explosive is he? And track really helped me with that. Get some running mechanics down and kind of focus in on those, on those, on that speed. Yeah. The running mechanics is very unique, right? Like getting your feet underneath you, mm-hmm. right? Like that. It's, it sounds like such a simple thing, but I watch it, uh, even now with young kids and you see some kids that are fast mm-hmm. and then you're like, man, once that guy gets taught how to run properly, mm-hmm. He or she's going to be really fast. Right. You got, like you said, kids who are born, and you're like, man, those kids can go. But they run with their feet out or their arms out. Or, and, yeah, I think there is a slight difference in being a 4-4 a four, four guy or a 4-3 guy or a 4-5 guy. In game speed, you can't really tell. Yeah. But if a coach sees that you ran a 4-3 versus a 4-5, that 4-3 is a blazer. Like that's, You're going to boost your draft stock, right? Yeah. And you learn those types of things from running track. Now, you know, backpedaling is pretty key for a DB. So, like, is there backwards, like, backpedaling track, do you find? Like, is there a way to augment so you're quicker out of the backpedal? I think for that is, that comes down to the training, right? Uh, being able to train, stay on the balls of your, balls of your feet. It's, it's something you train. Um, but that's why DBs are more athletic than receivers. <laughs> because we do what they do, but we do it backwards. Yeah, yeah. You know what okay. I mean? So that's what we do. I like it. Uh, Aaron Grimes joins us. So uh, you grew up in, in Seattle. So were you a Seahawks fan? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, so who were your guys? With, like Which era of Seahawks were you rooting for? When I first really picked up and understood sports, it was the uh, Mike Holmgren was the coach. Okay. Um, Sean Springs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a throwback name, yeah, yeah. right? Um, and then as I was got into my teenage years, uh, preteen years, Sean Alexander, running okay, back. Yeah, yeah. Um, Marcus Trufant, defensive back. Lofa Tatupu, some some of those kind of guys. Um, Hasselback, quarterback, Seneca Wallace, guys like that. Did you get to go to any games? Yeah. So my mom worked for a bank um, downtown Seattle, and her company would get tickets. And whenever the bosses weren't using them, They'd give them to her because they knew we had a big family. I have three siblings, so there's four of us and my dad. And we'd go to the Kingdome before I got blown up, go to the Kingdome, watch Seahawks games and Mariners games. So now where are you out of the four kids in the pecking order? Right in the middle. So I've got two older brothers and I've got a younger sister. So two older brothers, <clears throat> do they play ball too? Yep. Mm-hmm. To go to college? My brother played baseball at a, a small school, Minot State. Oh, yeah? Um, okay. Baseball. Um, didn't really go far with it. My other brother, a little bit more of a troubled story there. Um, but we all played sports growing up, yeah. So you then, now you're a Washington kid, mm-hmm. and uh, you actually had committed, did you not, to the University of Washington? I was committed to the UW, and I remember it because they put me on the front of the sports section of the newspaper. And Grimes has passion for purple. I remember the article, and it was, oh. I loved it. Like, this is my dream come true. Yeah. I grew up watching Husky games as yeah. well, right? Um, obviously it didn't work out. I decommitted and went elsewhere, but, uh, I was committed to the UW. Yeah. So you had that, uh, that front story, that, that story in the front page. It's mm-hmm. a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Like college ball in the United States is a massive deal, yeah. right? And for anybody local to stay there, they, they consider it, it's a huge deal in any sport, right? Uh, if you're in the NHL and there's an Edmontonian playing on the team, people just like it a little bit better, right? It's kind of quote one of ours. Um, take me through the story, how you commit to like your, your childhood dream school, but then end up not going there. So uh, I was being recruited after uh, my junior year of high school. I was playing pretty well uh, football-wise. Um, the UW obviously was bringing me in for visits because I grew up t- 10, 15 minutes away from campus. Um, like true hometown yeah, grown yeah. kid. Um, 
and they held a camp in the summertime and I, I went to the camp they invited me to it hundreds of kids there um we did a 40-yard dash race i ended up winning the 40-yard dash race for the kids that were there played well during the football portion and a uh, coach willingham tyrone willingham was the coach a couple of days later they invited me out to watch practice so i went with my mom my dad was at work um they called me in the office after practice and he said uh you know, we like, obviously, we've seen you play football. We're, we're interested in you, but also you come around and you show some good character, some good potential. Um, we want to offer you a scholarship. Obviously, you don't have to make your decision now. Go home and think about it. And uh, the this decision was already made, right? <laughs> um, so my dad comes and picks me up, and he's surprised. My mom's surprised. We're all surprised, right? I get to go to school and not have to pay for it, and I get to play football. I've always wanted to be a pro athlete. Um, and so I go home, and the next day I pretend I'm sleeping on it. The next day I call him, and I tell him that I want to be a Husky. I want to go to the UW. Well, the UW was 0-12 that year, <laughs> and uh, the nature of the business, Yeah, yeah. Willingham gets fired. Steve Sarkeesian comes in. Uh, you know, Again, I'm 10, 15 minutes from the UW, and um, the new coach doesn't come say hi or, or see me within like his first four or five months of being there. Um, so I go on my recruiting trip. It's all it's going great. Um, Jermaine Curse, Seahawk alumni, was actually my my host on my recruiting trip. He was still playing. Okay. And um, at the end of it, I met with Sarkeesian, and he just said, "You know, uh, you're a little bit undersized. I know you're coming off a meniscus injury, mind you. I'm already running track by this point in the year, so the meni- the knee's no problem. It's an excuse. Yeah. We want you to gray shirt, so you don't even start school till January." So your scholarship doesn't even kick in. Even if you wanted to go to school in a, the fall, you pay for it yourself. Your scholarship doesn't kick in until January. Okay. I'm like, I just want to compete, coach. Like, just give me a chance to compete. If you don't like me after training camp, then I will happily redshirt, no problems. But I don't want a gray shirt. I, I can't sit at home for six months. Um, he didn't care, right? So uh, meanwhile, Idaho was talking to me. So Idaho was recruiting me as well this whole time, and – Probably five or six Pac-10 schools came to my high school to say hi, hello to me, meet me, send me letters, all kinds of things. But once I committed to the UW, they all were like, we're okay. out. You're out, yeah. You know, he's, this guy's staying home. Idaho didn't, for whatever reason, right? Everything happens for a reason. Um, Idaho was still bringing me in on trips, still coming to Seattle to see me. Um, so I decommitted from... The UW. And, and, I, and so how do you decommit? Like, does can the team hold you... A, accountable for that or are they just okay you're you're out because you haven't played there yet like is it a difficult process i don't know anything uh, about it. there's verbal commitments and there's written okay. letters of intent so uh, i was verbally committed the con the, the scholarship was offered to me and they weren't going to take it back i just had to sign it on signing day uh, well i just i was only verbally committed so okay. i was like you know what um i decommit then i want to open up my recruiting process again i want to go somewhere where they're going to give me a chance to compete i understand if i lose a job to somebody but give me a chance to earn the job as well. So I decommitted, and I called Idaho right away. Um, coach Leiby, his name, shout out to Coach Leiby. He was my DB coach at first. And uh, I called him. I said, hey, Coach, I decommitted from the UW. Um, you guys have been the only school who's still stuck with me. Um, is a scholarship still on the table for me? And he started singing the Idaho fight song on the phone. <laughs> he was like, absolutely. We would love to have you. You know, we always thought something could happen. You're an undersized guy. You're one that, That's what we look for, people who might slip through the cracks. Yeah, you're a vandal. Congratulations. So I, I 
It was that easy. I was committed to the, uni- the University of Idaho right after that. Yeah. So do, you, do they fax you the, to the sign one or do you just go there on signing day? How does that work? They fax it to you. Oh, okay. They fax it to you. My school asked if I wanted to do a, you see those signing yeah, day see things. Everybody sign. I've always kind of thought, to me personally, I'm uh-huh. kind of like, well, this seems pretty dumb. But anyway, I just, maybe because I'm not used to it. Well, I, I actually agree with you. My, my AD asked if I wanted to do a signing day in the gym. I told him no. Yeah. I was still a little bit heartbroken with the UW situation. Sure. I'm going to Idaho, like, you know what? All the glitz and glamour, front page of the sports paper, I don't care. Yeah. Get me in the camp and let me compete. Now, I didn't even know about, uh, uh, you know, I'd heard of red shirt, but I didn't even know about gray shirt, where basically you just delay it for uh, for six months. And, uh, I don't even know. What's the purpose of that? Like, is that a common thing in the U.S.? I, I, it's not, no, it's not very common. That okay. was the first time I had heard of it as okay. well. Um, and the way I look at it, this is my personal opinion, I guess, is, there, after football season, some seniors will leave. They'll graduate or they'll start training for the combine. Yeah, that opens up another scholarship. Uh, okay. They give me that scholarship in the spring. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like, oh, so I'm not worth the scholarship right now, but I will be once some of your guys leave. Well, I, maybe I'm just not one of your guys, and I respect that. Yeah, but I'm going to also go somewhere else. Yeah, you want to go where you want it. That, that, that makes perfect sense. Uh, Aaron Grimes joins us uh, here today on uh, Who Is It Wednesday. We'll take a quick break. Come back with more. On the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation YouTube. We return. Who is it Wednesday? The Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation YouTube. Uh, a lot of people wondering now. 655 is when you should be in your seats tomorrow. All right? If you don't want to miss the ceremony. So uh, get there for that. Aaron Grimes is our guest in studio. Today, Who is it Wednesday? Brought to you by Action Electrical. And uh, uh, so, Aaron, uh, you play four years with the Vandals. Um, what did you know, if any... About the CFL before you came up here? I didn't know anything about the CFL, you know, um, but football's a small world. Um, yeah, we'll just I, get you to move a little closer to your mic. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Perfect. Um, football's a small world, as you know. Um, Tory Hunter okay. ended up being my defensive back coach my last two years at Idaho, and he actually is an Edmonton Eskimo alumni. Oh, yes. Right? So he had a connection with the GM at the time, and he asked me if I wanted to play football in the CFL. I'm like, yeah, like they'll, they'll pay me to play football. I, absolutely, I'd love to play up there. And that's how I ended up coming to Edmonton. So you come to your first training camp in 2015. 13. Thir- 13, okay, yep. and then you won in 2015. So you came to your first camp in 2013. Tell me about your first camp when all of a sudden you're lining up and you're going up against a slot back and he's got the waggle. I was like, this is cheating, <laughs> what, how am I? I got to press this guy, right? I'm fourth in the depth chart. Like, what? Two, three reps a day. Uh, how am I supposed to succeed up here? Like, I can't even talk, you know, about the time. I couldn't use my phone unless I was in Wi Fi. And I was like, this is wild. Like, I knew I love football, but I didn't know if I loved it that much my first training camp. <laughs> so. Because it is, you know, you talk to a lot of players about it, and they're like, they say to be a cover guy in the CFL is arguably harder. You played in the NFL, so we'll get to that in a sec. That it's arguably harder, especially if you're the halfbacks mm-hmm. or the because you have to cover the waggle, right? And we're starting to see, you know, Miami does a lot, not the waggle per se, but they get guys in motion a little right. bit, but they're not running straight. You know, they're running diagonal, you know, kind of across the line, and then they cut up. So at least it's a little bit easier right. for the guys. But what was the keys for you to adapt? So you could handle the waggle. My biggest thing was technique. Luckily, my coach in college played in the CFL, and his big thing was technique. Like, we don't hold guys after the line of scrimmage. We use our eyes and our feet. That puts us in a great position. 
And so being able to have that already in my toolbox helped out a lot because these guys are moving full speed at me. So my feet have to be quicker at the snap of the ball, and my eyes have to be in a great spot. Otherwise, Fred Stamps and Adarius Bowman are 50 yards down the field before I even realize that it's a pass play, and I, I get cut. So I think technique, obviously speed, you know, the ability to cover all this space, those are huge tools that you got to have to be able to play defensive back in the CFL. You come in in 2013. You don't know anything about the league. Your first few days, you know, you're, as you mentioned, you're fourth on the depth chart. You're not getting a ton of reps. Take me kind of through training camp and how it went and, and, and maybe when you started to feel comfortable to think, okay, I might have a shot to make the team. I love telling this part of my journey is 2013, barely any reps in training camp. And, um, you know, my girlfriend at the time, she's my wife now, um, she's back home. She's pregnant. So I've got my first kid on the way. Um, I've got to figure out how to provide for my family, but I'm not getting a lot of chances up here. Um, JC Sherritt comes out. I'm, I get to practice early and I'm just sitting down in a chair right outside the locker room. And he must have seen it on my face. I wear my emotions on my sleeve, people tell me. He sits down next to me. This is just after JC won the defensive MOP award after okay. breaking the tackles record. Sits down next to me, talks to me about the situation tells me his journey, kind of the same thing, right? Like he didn't even know he was going to be a starter until week one of his rookie year. Um, you know, comforts me. You're doing good. Don't worry about it. You look good on film. Coaches are saying good things about you. Um, just keep doing your thing and, and then let things fall where they may. And um, the rest is history. Like I started having a great camp, had an interception in a preseason game, ended up being a starter week one, my rookie year. Mm -hmm. Like, but I vividly remember JC coming out that locker room and telling me, like, don't go home. Trust me, it will be worth it. You just got to get through this tough part first. Yeah, and it's fascinating because had he not come out, you might have just, not necessarily that you would have quit, but you might not have, your heart might not have been into it. So you wouldn't have performed to the best of your capabilities. You might have got cut. 100%, right? Like, just not being comfortable out there could be the worst thing, especially as a defensive back. So I'm going over my options. Like, could I be a firefighter back home? Um, the Arena League, Spokane Shock, had reached out to me before camp started and offered me an opportunity. I'd be closer to home. Like, I was just so uncomfortable, you know, that I was ready to make an excuse for why I didn't want to be here anymore. Yeah. And JC nipped that in the bud. And I, I talked to JC a couple of days ago. Like, we're still friends, you know what I yeah. mean? Um, so shout out to my boy JC. Well, you think about it, uh, you know, a 10-year career, not that it hinged on one conversation, but it definitely uh, played a big role in it. So, but you, when you got into your first preseason game, and it's not like you're, you know, usually, uh, there's not a ton of reps against the other team's starters early on. Um, but there's, there's either you're going to be on special teams and you're going to be on defense and you literally like, you might have a quarter, you might have a half to make the team, right? Mm -hmm. Like it is hard as a rookie to make a CFL roster. There's not a lot of opportunity. Like, I know you go in camp all the time. You go in camp, but you make one bad play. The coach is like, well, geez, we kind of like this guy, but we got to make a decision. He's out. Like, it is pretty cutthroat. It's tough. It's got to be the professional sports. It has to be the hardest job to try to earn yourself a position. Um, and like you said, your reps are limited, right? So with that quarter, maybe half of football you get, you can't. you don't get to make mistakes. Right, because uh, everything's an evaluation. It's always is, and then in the CFL is even harder because there's a ratio rule. Yeah. So I'm not competing with the other Canadian defensive backs, 
right? They, they have their own competition, and then all the Americans are competing for roster spots because of how many you have to play in the roster and things like that. So it's not like so-and-so makes a mistake or you make a It doesn't matter. Like you're, The pool is a little bit different, yeah. right? So there's only so many jobs for an American defensive back to have. Aaron Grimes joins us. Uh, also, you know, coming from Seattle, so you make the Elks, uh, well, then Asks, uh, now the Elks, and uh, in your third year, you win a, win a great cup. But the uh, the first year, now it's summertime, and you're in Edmonton in July. Were you blown away that it's like 11 o'clock at night and it's still light out? I'd be on FaceTime with my family in the, it's called Edmonton Inn now, but the one on Kingsway. Yeah. And they got that big room where it's just glass ceiling, and they're like, where are you? I'm in the middle of the hotel lobby. Why is it still sunny outside? <laughs> I'm like, I, I have no idea, but I got to go to sleep. I've, I'll figure out a way to go to sleep in here. But it blew my mind that it was still sunny out. And then you, how many years was it till you started to live in Edmonton year-round? I started living in Edmonton year-round 2021. Okay. Because of professional sports, right? Like, so first of all, my goal was always to play in the NFL. So I never moved my family up here because my thought was, if I play well enough, then I won't be here for long anyways. Okay. And then I left, went to Philadelphia, came back, whatever. And then you just don't know when your day is going to come. But I've, we've always known we loved it here. And me and my family started talking about this in 2018, moving up here. Then 2019, I was in BC. Mm-hmm. And then 2020, the season was canceled. Right? But then when I decided to come back to Edmonton, I was like, okay, it's official. This is home. I still love it here. I'm still well you know, um, accepted here. My family is, so let's make the move. Aaron Grimes joins us. Um, so you, you know you win the uh, the Great Cup with the with the green and gold, and then the uh, the following year you you sign in the NFL uh, with Philadelphia. Uh, as you mentioned, you know what that and I get it for Americans that's their goal. You want to play in the NFL. It's not a shot at the CFL. It's just that's that's what you grow up watching. You're watching the Seahawks. You know, just like you want to be at UW because that's what you know. Right. Take me through. You know, you got into a game in the NFL. Take me through that process and how different it was from your first NFL camp to your first CFL camp. It, it was still just as hard. Now I feel like I had an advantage because I had some maturity. Right, I was a 25 year old rookie versus a 22 year old rookie, and in just those few years, you've learned how to make money, save money, take care of your family. Um, so I had that. I also knew that I had the CFL. So if things didn't work, I didn't have to be as tight and as tense Okay. because I loved it up here. So if I was to have to come back here, no problem. Um, but it was extremely difficult because there's so much talent in the NFL in terms of there's the talent level is the same, but the talent pool is much larger down there. Okay. Right. So like there's people up here, starters, a lot of starters up here can crack NFL rosters, but it, the drop off becomes with your twos and your threes. In the NFL, you can go against a third-string receiver, and they'll make you look just as bad, right? So it, it was it was still tough, and that dang East Coast humidity was kicking my butt during training camp. <laughs> really? Is yeah. it was that noticeable for you? Oh, like nine a.m. practice, but the sun's out, and you're sweating as soon as you walk out those doors. Like, oh, it's I'm not I'm from Seattle. Yeah, humidity was new to me. That was different. So looking back on it, would you have gone earlier and trained there for six weeks just to get used to that? Yeah, probably. And then stayed, you know, in the offseason. Just things that I would have done a little bit different, um, but for sure. Now, having played 
in the CFL, specifically with the waggle rule, did you find, did it make you a better cover guy? So when you went to the NFL, did you feel like, okay, like I can cover guys now? Like obviously there's some bigger guys there for sure, Mm -hmm. but just knowing how to cover in speed, does it make you a better DB? I think so. I think that my patience at the line of scrimmage was way better because the guys aren't moving anymore. And my ability to read what was happening offensively before it happened was quicker because they're already lined up stacked or they're already lined up in a bunch where in the CFL they could start out wide and then waggle to a bunch and last minute you got to make that change on the call or your leverage or whatever in the NFL they're stationary so I thought it was a huge advantage for me going down there was there a mourning period for you mentally after being cut in the NFL yeah there was um went back home I'm like dang nobody really caught I had one call I did get a call from the Bears and they said do you want to be on the practice roster yeah, of course. <clears throat> it was like 10 o'clock at night. Like, okay, we'll send the contract over in the morning. Morning came. Well, so-and-so just got released from the Jaguars, so we're going to bring him in, but tell Grimes to stay healthy. Well, Bears, if you're listening, I'm still waiting on that phone call. <laughs> you know? And, uh, so, and then I didn't get any more calls after that, so I don't, remember, I don't remember what the time frame was, but I was back in Edmonton shortly after I was released by, by Philly. Yeah, and so uh, and then you stick around. You're in Edmonton for a few years. Then you sign in BC. Take me through kind of that free agent period for you and how difficult it was, or is it just simply a, you know what, this is all about uh, finances and this is just a, you know, it's a business right now. It's not personal. It was hard. It was both. It was the, a business decision and it was a personal decision. Um, 2018, obviously we missed the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? There was rumblings of our coach being fired and, rumblings of us losing our franchise quarterback and you hear all these rumors and you're like man is is this going downhill like I don't if it's going downhill I'm in the prime of my career I need to make sure I make a decision now that's going to help me out long term um also I just had my second daughter born in Edmonton right so my wife and I we're talking about making Edmonton home Mm -hmm. now I'm talking about making a decision that moves us in a different city so it, it was a huge decision. Um, me and my wife actually went back and forth on it a lot. Um, she actually didn't want me to go to BC. She loved Edmonton. Um, but I had to make a decision that I thought was best for also my career because we get short careers in pro sports. Yeah. And I wanted to make the best one there. BC had the GM that was in Edmonton when I first got here. Um, and I got along great with the new GM in Edmonton. But, I mean, just timing, everything worked out perfectly. And I decided to, to try to in my career in BC and I will tell you right now I wish I didn't make that decision when I came back to Edmonton the GM was still the same uh, Brock and I told Brock like I, yeah I, I went there thinking I'd retire there and I didn't thanks for having me back uh, so I'm very happy to be back home Aaron Grimes joins us on uh, Sports 1440. So you go to BC for a few years. You come back to Edmonton. And now you're here. How challenging, you know, there's COVID mixed in with there. And then injuries for you. How's how's it been mentally coping with the amount of injuries you've had lately? Tough. It's been the toughest part of my career. Because um, you go into it and your, your career is only supposed to be two and a half years on average. I get into year eight. I'm like, man, I can, I can have a 10-year career. <clears throat> then I come out healthy, and I'm like, well, what if I did 12, right? You look at guys like Ryan Phillips, Baron Miles, like guys I've been able to play for. Like, I want to do what they did. They retired when they were 34, 35, went out on you know a high note. 
Um, so you start making these plans, like I'm going to do two two-year contracts, and I'm going to boom, 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 but you don't plan for the torn ACL. Yeah. You know, so then that hits you, and I remember calling my wife. I'm like crying. I'm like, I'm sorry I moved you guys up here. Like we sold our home back home. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Like you just think it's over. Like it's done. Oh, you thought your career was done? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, in comes JC again. He's dealt with injuries, torn his Achilles before, things like that. And after the 24 hours was over, he sends me a text. He says, you've had your 24 hours to feel bad for yourself. Now it's time to recover and get back. You know, and that was the biggest thing I think I took away is as professional athletes, as humans, our bodies will recover physically if we want it to. That's no problem. But the mental drain injuries and rehab have on you yeah. and having surgery, much harder to get over. Aaron, we're, I want to continue on with that. We've got one more break. Uh, Aaron Grimes joins us here on Sports 1440 on uh, Who Is It Wednesday. We'll return. We continue on Who Is It Wednesday. Our guest today, of course, uh, Grey Cup champion uh, Aaron Grimes, who's uh, recovering from uh, surgeries. Tell me during the commercial break. So you went in. You were supposed to just get your meniscus. No, but, well, not no big deal. And, and in surgery, still somewhat of a big deal. But they were just going to clean up your meniscus. Uh, you thought you'd be out uh, you know, a month or so. Yep. Uh, they go in. And uh, while they're in surgery, they realize that your ACL, which you had had repaired a year before, wasn't attached anymore. You didn't even know that. Mm-mm. So it, was, it didn't feel that bad. Or no. did it? Or was this the, the pain of the meniscus was covering up? Or the meniscus helped. Because, you know, the knee starts, the joint will start moving in different ways. So maybe it went and damaged an ACL that needed a little bit more. You never know, right? And yeah. I'm not going to pretend that I <laughs> dive into it too much because, you know, that's not my area of expertise. But... I just know I had a lot of questions and a lot of emotions when I found out that I had to go through that process all over again. Um, but I was like, hey, I know what I'm doing this time. So, you know, but it was it was a shock. It was a huge shock. Yeah. Yeah. So they go in, but you were telling me that. So while they're in there, docs say, hey, great, we fixed your meniscus, but uh, your ACL isn't attached. And because I didn't know that you hadn't, you have to agree to have that surgery before they can do it, even though they, they probably knew, well, of course he didn't want me to reattach it. So then you had to wait basically three weeks right, and then get your ACL surgery. Right. The way it was explained to me was, because I was like, we'll just go back in tomorrow if we can. Um, but obviously you got to fit in the doctor's schedule, first of all. And then also, since you just had surgery, your knee is very inflamed. It's upset right now. You want that to come down a little bit before the doctor goes back in again. Yes, right. Um, Because it makes the surgery easier on the surgeon. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. So here we are. It's August 9th. uh, So we're we're coming up. uh, You've had uh, two and a half months, almost three months. Uh, How do you feel? And kind of what's your mindset going into the off season? Um, I feel great. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more 
and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Given the, where I'm at, right, um, I'm going to be cleared to jog here pretty soon. I can jog. I'm not clear to yet, though. Cheese. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I'm doing that kind of stuff in the pool. I'm exercising on it. You know, it feels really sturdy, really strong. And um, I had an exit meeting the other day, and I, you know, I let them know that my intent was to be as healthy as possible for training camp because I want to give myself the best opportunity to walk off the field healthy and strong and be able to go out of the game the right way. Obviously, these last two years have been terrible in terms of personal health and you know our, the way our season has been going, um, and I don't want to end it that way. I know you don't always get the chance in pro sports to determine how you end it, but I'm going to give myself an opportunity to if, if it should arise. Now, we talked earlier about kind of, you know, the morning of it uh, when you had a morning being in the NFL and then not going to the U of Dub. So here you are as a veteran guy now, um, and, and you look at the CFL, like pro sports is a cruel business at times, mm-hmm. right? It's a cruel business, and they're like, okay, here's a veteran guy. He's coming off uh, ACL. Quote, it's easier to just release him, yeah. right? How, how, do you, how do you go into training do, do you think about that, or is that just the, like you can't think about that as a pro athlete? I think you think about it because you also have a family. So you're thinking, okay, what do I do if that situation happens? But then you also understand that you don't control that situation. What you do control is how you show up every day. So okay. you show up with that smile on your face. That's, that's who I am. Right? You see me out, I'm going to be smiling probably because I enjoy life. I enjoy waking up. I enjoy rehabbing, working out, whatever it is, anything sport-related, I'm going to enjoy doing it. What happens after that, that's out of my control. Now, will I be able to adapt should that time come? I certainly believe so. I hope so, for sure. But this is my main goal. I'm keeping the main thing the main thing. And uh, distractions, like making choices that I don't get to make, those are, I, can't, I can't focus on that. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to rehab today. Right? I'll be sad. I'm going to need JC to text me again and tell me to get over it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but I'm, I'm a little bit older now, so now I'm that guy for, for the younger guys. So i got to i got to be able to show up and, and practice what I'm preaching to these young guys every single day. It has been a challenging last few seasons for the Green and Gold, uh, back-to-back 4-14 four and 14 seasons. Um, when you just look at the history of pro sports, change is coming. There's very few organizations that are, oh, 4-14, four and 14, oh, 4-14, four we're not going to do anything. Right. So, as you mentioned, that's something that's out of your control. But mm-hmm. when you talk to your teammates, like, I'm assuming, you know, group text or whatever, guys are kind of like, well, hey, you know, something's going to happen. And then if there's a new coach or a new GM, well, then you don't know because you don't know if the person likes you or not or anything like that. Is is it excitement? Is it nervousness? How, how do you explain maybe the, the group mindset uh, of your team right now? I think it's a little bit of both, right? Um, obviously, things didn't go well this year. So there's some nervousness in terms of, like you said, a new guy comes in, a lot of times new people bring new people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then there's also that excitement of 
Well, you always expect change. Like if change is made, then you're like, okay, we must be headed in the right direction, right? They're going to make the right choice. Um, but you never really know. So it goes back to that whole control the controllable situation, right? You focus on, you try to make yourself the best person and best player that you can be. So whoever comes in, you know that they're going to want you on their, they're going to want a Jake Ceresna on their team because he's a great guy in the locker room and he's a hell of a player on the field, mm-hmm. right? No matter who it is, yeah. right? So you try to put yourself in a situation like that where I've been fortunate enough to do so far in my career and I can only hope that I get that same opportunity to, again, go out the right way. Give me your thoughts on the evolution of Trey Ford. I think that Trey is learning himself in the CFL. I, he obviously put up great numbers at Waterloo. Um, and then you take that next step, even college football, you come to the CFL and you're like, man, these dudes are moving way faster out here, right? It's, it's another level up from what you played. And he got better in, in my eyes in terms of a quarterback and being able to read defenses and understand play calls. The dude is very obviously probably the most athletic quarterback for sure, if not player on the field at times. Um, and I think he's, he's got a lot of growing to do, like we all do as young people. But he's exciting to watch, right? Like, oh. We haven't had a lot of excitement the last couple of years, if I'm just being honest. But we have some exciting players and some things to look forward to. And so when I'm watching those games on my dang crutches, unfortunately, and I hear the crowd go crazy when he slips out of a for sure sack and then ends up throwing the ball downfield to Geno, and the crowd goes crazy. And it's like, okay, they're excited to watch Edmonton football again, and that's huge for the organization. Uh, Aaron Grimes joins us. Uh, Trey Ford, like, his lateral mobility is lights out, man. Mm-hmm. Like He is so fast when he's going, and he can just split and go. the like As a defensive player, it's almost got to be a helpless feeling at times. Well, I'm watching Montreal, I think, at home. Oh, no, Ottawa. And they've got their will linebacker spying Trey. Guy doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> doesn't stand a chance, right? Like, you got to send, hopefully, your fastest DB at him. But if he's your fastest DB, he might be your best cover guy. So do you keep him in coverage? Do you blitz? Like, definitely quarterbacks like that put stress on defensive coordinators, right? Because you, if a quarterback gets out of the pocket, you never know what's going to happen. I'm, as a DB, quarterback starts scrambling. I can only cover for so long, fellas. Like, yeah. let's get him on the ground. And he brings that element to his game, you only you just hope, and I believe you know he can. So let me say that. But you hope that you get to that next level where it's like I can do that, but I'm gonna tear you up with this passing yes, first, yes. and then when you force me to run, then I'm gonna run on you too. Yeah, like I know earlier in the year people made the comparison to Doug Flutie. I'm like that's unreal. But remember, Doug Flutie passed for five thousand yards all the time, right? Like he could run and he could extend plays, unbelievable. But right. then he was still crushing you with his arm. And we did see that the last few weeks. We saw it, of course, uh, the final game of the season. You know, he's finding Geno Smith uh, down uh, downfield a lot more. Which uh, not Geno Smith. <laughs> I got you. Lewis. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Gino Lewis, but uh, finding him downfield a lot more, right? You're big play guys, and that's what you have to do. Is Trey Ford the fastest player on the team? No. Who's the fastest? I mean, you got Deontay Alexander that just took Oh, him yeah, the I house just saw him. Okay. For the yeah, first time in eight run. years. CJ Sims was pretty fast. Um, but Trey Ford's a competitor. And I know if he was in here, he'd say he was the fastest in the room. Yeah, yeah. Well, Alexander, I saw him, and you're, as you mentioned, an eight-year drought ends. But the speed, like, he didn't even look like he was running that fast and he was blowing by guys. That's when you know someone's fast. Yes. Right? That's, that's like track speed. Yeah. You know, when they're picking their knees up and they're throwing them elbows back and they look like they're just striding, but they're running faster than everybody, you're like, okay, that kid can run. Yeah. 
Uh, quickly, you met your wife. So you have two daughters, mm-hmm. um, ages nine or ten. Nine w- will be ten next month, and five. Nine and five, and um, uh, they like living in Edmonton. They love it. Uh, my five-year-old loves telling me that the Canadian flag is her flag and not mine. Okay. So she we're, we're a competitive household. Yeah, yeah. Right. So she likes to tell me how she's Canadian, and then my other daughter's adjusting very well to school. She's got a lot of friends out here. She's playing flag football and basketball currently. Flag football. Yeah, she gets after it. Now. Uh, <laughs> is she a defensive player? Or is she running touchdowns? She'll tell you right now that she's a safety. Oh. But kids, I gotta let her know, baby. When you're young, you play both sides of the ball. So. Yeah, yeah. But she's she wants to follow in dad's footsteps. She wants to be a DB. Yeah. Oh well, hey, she, she might have a good uh, personal coach potentially. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. How, how would that be like? Uh, you know, you mentioned your dad coached. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would that like looking? post-career, of course. Is that something you'd want to get into? Absolutely. I hope that when I get done, I can transition into coaching, into scouting. Um, something's pretty seamless. Uh, I love the sport. I want to stay around it. And obviously, I'd love for it to be here in the city with this organization. Uh, Aaron, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us on uh, on Who Is It Wednesday. we got lots of texts. People really enjoying it. Uh, wishing you a speedy recovery. Uh, hope to see you uh, on the field again uh, in the spring. And as you said, you just want the chance to compete. Just give me the opportunity to compete. And I'll show you I can still play. That's what my career has been since high school. I just want an opportunity to show I can play, and and we'll make it work that way. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. I appreciate you having me. Let's do it again. You betcha. That is uh, Aaron Grimes, of course, uh, recovering from uh, ACL surgery and uh, expecting to be back on the field in the springtime. And it'll be very curious to see uh, who is going to be on the field, coaches, manager. There's going to be some changes in the offseason for the green and gold. I think there's got to be back-to-back four and four se- four and 14 seasons. There's really no other option in that regard. Let's get to uh, the con man and a sports 1440 update uh, brought to you by our good friends at Fountain Tire. Now, remember, you look outside. Yeah, the snow's there. But we told you seven days of seven degrees or less. That's when you want to get it. Stop in right now. Great deal on tires. You can get four for 225 bucks right now at FountainTire.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 